Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on August 15th, 2023. I'm your host, Game Psychologist, and with me, as always, with no fancy titles, Caffeine Rage. On today's show, we will be reminding you about our change in game club plans. We'll be discussing some games that we've played. Netflix to enter the streaming game market, question mark, and several articles from our community corner. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. How are you today? Uh, I'm all right. Um, so the last couple of weeks have been interesting, <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't want to get yep. too much into the personal stuff, but also I uh, had a sick kitten that I had to uh, deal with for uh, essentially two weeks of hand feeding every two fucking hours. Yeah. And you've been on a a pretty close to nocturnal schedule, right? Or is yeah, it... Yeah, I, I had to take, essentially, uh, Anita's prepping to go back to school tomorrow, so if she was uh, on the night watch, she would have had to basically done a hard transition from nocturnal to, uh, you know, daywalker uh, in, like, a day, because quarantine for uh, the kitten Oboe uh, uh, that's the kitten's name. Uh, ended today, and she goes back tomorrow. So that would have sucked. Secondly, um, she kept waking me up when she was trying to uh, do the uh, the night uh, the night watch. <laughs> I was like, "Fine, I'll take it. You're gonna wake me up anyway." Yeah, because she would take the kitten into the living room, and the bedroom is just off of it. And yeah, you need like to feed the little fucker, especially in the beginning, because uh, she wasn't fully weaned. She was like three, almost four weeks old at the time. So it was syringe feeding, and doing that in the dark is just not going to work. Yeah. So I could at least take the kitten in here and not disturb Anita, because right? Yeah. My, so, my... Oh, yeah. So, so it was just it made sense overall, even though it sucked for quite a few other reasons. And also, you know, the fact that, you know, Adi and I basically saw each other like an hour or two each day, and that was about it. Because yeah. by the time she was waking up and, you know, got her coffee and got, uh, got going, I was pretty much about ready to crash and vice versa. Yeah. I, uh, I have experienced that as well. A few years ago, I was unemployed for a while, and, Katie, uh, my wife for the perhaps uninitiated was, uh, working night shift, like, or she, tr she transitioned her job to working night shift. And so she was asleep during the day and I was taking care of the kid and doing my own thing. And then I would go to bed and she would work all night. That was about six months. We did that. It's mm -hmm. rough, but you know, sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. My thing I briefly mentioned on the uh, little stinger I did for the uh, last week's Franken episode, but, you know, to be slightly more detailed for anyone who cares, uh, we uh, we helped some friends move. Um, and then, like, the next day they call us and like, yeah, we all have COVID. And, um, and we didn't know, we swear. Yeah, I do trust them, though. Like, they're they're good. 
IRL friends um, have known them for years. Like, I really do think that it was like they were just trying to push through and get this done because mm-hmm. they were moving and their mom moved from Florida to live. And with they them. didn't realize feeling shit wasn't just the move. It was right. Yeah. But um, so everyone, almost everyone in my house got sick. A lot of people tested positive for COVID, although not everyone who had sick who or who was sick tested positive. So don't know if that those were, you know, false. Uh, false negatives or mm-hmm. if they just happen to catch something else or what but um yeah bunch of sick people in my house and then um there's 10 people who live here and seven people in total got ill um and five of whom tested positive for covid so last last week on tuesday i was just exhausted i did not get sick did not test positive for covid but you know i was helping to take care of of everybody and doing all kinds of extra stuff and i was just exhausted i was like there's no way i can record tonight mm-hmm. so um that was that was my thing yeah but, so fun times right yeah and i did mention this in the stinger but just in case you didn't listen or um missed it or whatever uh we are having to change august's game club um Death Stranding is coming off. Actually, it might already be off. Uh, De- I think- it came off today. Okay. Death Stranding is no longer on Game Club. Or not Game Club shit. Yeah, <laughs> game game pass. pass. Thank you. So we- and neither of us wanted to just buy it straight up for uh, Game Club. Yeah. Well, I have it. It was given away on the Epic Store yeah, see, last see, year. I sometime. don't have it, so... So it would have been me uh, spending you know, that for... Uh, yeah, you know, a couple of weeks of game uh, play. Yeah, and we, neither of us had really put a lot of time into it. I had fired up the game and poked around at it, but I had put real time into it. And then they announced, you know, uh, late July. Oh yeah, it's coming off Game Pass. Well, fuck. Yeah. So we changed our game to uh, Chicory. What's the full title? Chicory, uh, a, Chicory, a, a colorful, colorful tale. tale. Yeah, uh, it's basically an a, a ARPG uh, in the line of Zelda with uh, mixed with a coloring book. Yeah, and also it's a bit shorter because our backup game was also a long game, but we were going to go into it as a shorter month after everything. Yeah. So and, and, what, and it really hurts is that we announced it, we uh, prepped for. Uh, uh, getting more involvement, and then they... Right? Yeah. That's how it goes sometimes, though. Yeah. I mean, I am still going to play Death Stranding at some point. You mm-hmm. know, I have it, I want to play it, so I'll wind up talking about it eventually. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, not not for Game Club this month. But yeah, Chicory, um, if you want to play that, it is available on Game Pass, but also you can get it in other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, it's also a shorter game than uh, Death Stranding, <laughs> but... But to be fair, there's a lot of games that are shorter than Death Stranding. Yeah, a lot of games shorter than Death Stranding. Um, but yeah, speaking of games, though, want to get hey, into the games that we yeah, play? Yeah, I could launch off with mine first, eh? Sure. So I've been playing Space Engineers, where I've been up at night, and I've needed something to basically fiddle with and to uh, poke at with... With uh, going in, doing something for a bit, be able to step away, 
spend half an hour jamming a syringe down a kitten's throat until it learned to eat on its own. Which sounds a lot more violent than what it actually was, but still. Uh, I did something to just kind of take my mind off the things and to be able to mess around with. And Space Engineers was on sale shortly before this whole thing happened. And one thing, it's a game I've been, I've wanted to play. And back in the day, we did a couple community game nights with it, but I was unable to attend. And if I recall correctly, everybody had performance issues with it at the time. Space Engineers was broken as fuck back in the day from a performance standpoint. Weirdly, it, it ran better if you turn the graphics settings up. <laughs> well, it seems full launch since then. And I would say that it's actually playable. Yep, yep, it is playable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm actually uh, having a real blast with it. it uh, I'm doing a planetary start. I mean, technically I could get to space uh, pretty much any time I want to now. I have enough materials and stuff stockpiled. But yeah, I mean, planetary, I'm... Uh, kind of happy with uh, with a I am running modded because of course I am with a couple large mobs that has a bunch of content packs and then uh some small stuff I mean you look at my mod list and it's like oh god but then it's there's modular encounters which adds like uh encounters that could spawn uh, in the world so it's not just the static bases that are there at the game beginning and then uh, stay there. Uh, matter of fact, we had one pop up when we were playing multiplayer together, right? Yeah. And it was like a little outpost with a few uh, uh, angry turrets. Uh, we had a derelict that spawned that had a, uh, a like what two turret, uh, two turrets on it. Yeah, I think it had a machine gun turret and a rocket turret. Yeah, what's the rocket turret? Uh, yeah, could have eventually rated out of ammo. Um. But, it, you know, it adds a little bit of spice to it. Uh, but, you know, it's been kind of a nice, you know, go in and have a project, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, uh, collaborate on a, a thing. Like, you have you know, your, you know, assholely designed uh, digging thing that's hang, kind of hanging out in the middle of my base right now. Yeah, you. I mean, feel free to grind that thing down. I've I've abandoned that idea. <laughs> I mean, I might, like, if you leave it and we, you know do another mm -hmm. uh another play session where it's just like digging and building and stuff i might tweak it some but i've already like come up with other ideas on my single player game that i'm like uh, dare okay, I ask better a, uh dare I ask what you would change with it uh i don't know i don't know i would just have to like start messing with it i mean from what i flew of it it uh, feels like draw it's uh way too top heavy for a vertical uh craft and yes i know the center of gravity would drop uh, as it uh, gets filled up. But it's too wobbly to start it's with. It's extremely unwieldy, to, to <laughs> put it mildly. And I would also turn down the gyroscopes and have something in it where you would turn it up. Although, one issue that I'm having with it, that because I don't use the aerodynamic mod in my own game. Mm -hmm. and that's, you the do. Other, that's the other like big uh, change from my game. Uh, it's the aerodynamic mod. And, like, that type of design is, I mean, I'm not saying it's a night and day difference, but it does make a noticeable difference, the aerodynamic mods. And are you using a mod that affects gravity, like, 
No. Okay. I uh, know it's just uh, aerodynamics. There's no gravity component, as far as I know. I mean, it does uh, the gravity mod, or sorry, the uh, aerodynamic mod. It does produce lift, like uh, my little tanks, where they they have a nice flat bottom, uh, and they're hovercrafts. If you jump off of a hill, and you get to angle them up, and they'll actually catch air and glide. Uh, quite a distance, I might add, for how heavy those little guys are. But yeah, it doesn't affect gravity as far as I know at all. Okay. It just produces lift, which might be the, you know, what is also etching it off, you know? Yeah, if some of those weird, or if some of those surfaces are producing lift. Mm-hmm. But anyways, can you carry on. Yeah, it, like I said, it's been more of a project, and I, my hours in the game are vastly inflated, because I'd play for an hour or so, then get up, uh, pause the game, uh, go do my thing uh, get, uh, to feed the cat, feed the cat, come back, you know, like 45 minutes later and uh, play again. So I have like double the t- uh, play time on Steam than I've actually played, which is still a substantial time, don't get me wrong, but it's, I looked at my hours played and uh, during my overnights, it's like 60 hours over two weeks. When I didn't make that much progress, a lot of it was just kind of putting down a bunch of blueprints uh, and letting my helpers uh, deal with things. Yeah. But you uh, you love the robot mod. Helper mod, best mod. <laughs> Those guys are so good. Like, I'm putting up, like, these huge concrete pads and structures around my base, leaving to go do something and coming back, and they're mm-hmm. maybe not completely built, but, like, much progress has been made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, uh, I don't think I've installed anything that feels cheaty, because that's kind of the other flip side of it, is that there's plenty of mods that are just uh, outright cheat-esque. Like some of like the nanomachines, where it's like a floating cloud of particles that'll go around and build things and come back. Yeah. Uh, but the uh, helper mod, or the AI bot mod, it will... Uh, like, uh, determine a job that's needed to do, uh, be done. Go grab materials from uh, the uh, cargo container or whatever junction. It is a little, ch- it does fudge it a little bit in that it just goes to the cargo network, uh, uh, the conveyor network, and grab something from there, even though it, there may not be access for that. Then go and uh, build it. And you can actually speed it up by giving them better tools, by the way. Did not know that. Yeah, I'm not sure if... You, I guess you didn't notice that my bots were running around with level 3 welders. No, I haven't looked in their inventories. I thought about it. I thought about giving them better tools, but I was like, eh. Eh. You know, because they're just, like, doing stuff in the background. I don't mind if it's a little bit slower than it could be otherwise. I don't know. I'm not very efficient at Space Engineer, so why should I expect <laughs> my bots to be efficient? Yeah, it's just... Uh, it's been one of those things of uh, going off in the background doing things... Uh, I got my base, like, I would say half-built for what I wanted. Although that's stalled because, you know, uh, your digger's in the uh, kind of in the way. So, you know, got to uh, build out for that. Maybe I'll go put uh, put it on uh, a nice uh, uh, concrete pad, right? Off, put it up as an offering to stop the meteor showers. <laughs> Here, take it. I don't take know what it is with my, with my game, but... Uh, there'll be times that meteor showers will go off multiple times back to back. Don't get me wrong, I love the free resources, but right? Yeah. 
Uh, try to think of any other major mods I'm running. I'm looking at the workshop. Uh, let me look at my subscribe list, which is oh god, right? Uh, I, I have to say the concrete mod or the concrete that we built up both been talking about that comes from a mod. Uh, well, technically, yes and no. So there's a mod that adds concrete that uses uh, gravel, which is a byproduct of uh, uh, grinding down stone. Which is typically just a waste product. There, and you could either use it for reactors or you know dump it off. This allows you to. Well, I actually have a couple mods that do that does things with gravel. So having a source of stone is actually useful. Uh, the concrete mod it uses the texture in one of the DLCs to create concrete blocks, which have a vastly higher uh, uh, integrity or health pool. But the thing is that they're extremely heavy. So they're like they're only really good for like landing pads and stuff like that. Although I do have a concrete encased uh, decoy out in front of the base. In case you're wondering about the uh you know, the orb there, right? I've seen that a few times. But yeah, yeah. you've wondered about it? I have kind of passively and then I've been like, oh, what's this over here I'm doing? Let me focus on that. <laughs> uh it has a it has a decoy in the middle of it. Gotcha. So hopefully it would uh, grab some attention. And there's a couple mods that uh, you know have uh, DLC requirements, like uh, the uh, uh, one of the catwalk mods builds off of the uh, of one of, uh, one of the DLCs catwalks that sort of thing. But most of the stuff I do is does it require a particular DLC? Like, there's uh, con- uh, the concrete tool. It doesn't require the DLC that the concrete blocks you use. And the difference is that the concrete tool is putting down voxels instead of just, yep, placeable blo- blocks. Which, which I know, I know. Weird, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking to see if there's any other, like, major, major changes that I'm doing. And I have a bunch of like, you know, adds this particular block I need because I wanted it for a design, right? Uh, my my biggest beef with the game though is just how it handles inventory. Oh God, right? Yeah. So I'm not sure how it was back in the day. All right, and well, I know I that. Tell you, and I know that the UI has vastly changed, but it seems like the game likes to grab materials and just hold on to them for no particular reason. I've had to clear out my assembler so many times because they would just get clogged with materials that they don't need and then just kind of just sit there uh, idly trying to pull materials for a project, but they don't have room in the uh, in the assembler and they don't have enough intelligence to say, okay, well, I don't need this uranium right now. I could go put that in main storage, right? Yeah, no, that's it's always been that way. Actually, it used to be worse. Um, <laughs> The whatever internal logic that determined what things needed to be pulled to what places mm-hmm. has gotten better over the years. But yeah, stuff will just stuff won't come back out of assemblers. So only the finished products, if that's full, will be pushed to other storage places in your in your conveyor network. Yeah, which I have tried to fudge that a little bit. There, there are uh, some like scripts that you can run with with the programmable block uh, programmable blocks. Uh, that will uh, uh, streamline things, but I haven't tried that yet. Uh, I've been using cargo storage to basically try to limit what goes where. 
Because I don't know if it's a mod that added like an additional tag to ice, but assemblers kept grabbing ice for whatever reason. And one of my assemblers had like two thirds of its storage just ice. Just sitting there. Don't know why. I don't know if it was. I have a uh, a, a, a sorter that uh, essentially the base has like the main like land, landing pad and a docking ring above it, or like a docking like semicircle uh, that ships could dock to. And uh, there's a cargo sorter that's set to extract uh, ore and ice because that's kind of the main thing at that that phase is just to. Uh, go mine, come back up with a ship full of ore, go mine, come back, and build up your resources. So, yeah, you know, it was good to, you know, not have to manually drag everything out, right? Yeah. But it seemed like it just liked to put it wherever. And, like, uh, the, the cryo chambers, they were full of shit like that. They were full of, like, girders and superconductors and because they were considered cargo containers for whatever reason. So the unloader sorter uh, uh, pushed uh, stuff to them. So what I might do is, I'm not sure if disconnecting the... So the, I kind of have like a branching system for the cargo network, or conveyor network, where like there's the main feed that comes in and then it branches off to different areas. And the O2, H2 generator and the crowd pods, since... I technically keep my game set to multiplayer with friends, so if somebody catches me on, they can join if they really want to. Although I do ask you, you know, don't be a dick. Kyle? <laughs> uh, did I say that out loud? Maybe. Uh, anyway, don't be a Kyle. Uh, and, uh, yeah, destroy things. Or at least destroy things on purpose. If there's a tragic accident with a tank... Uh, driving it because you don't know how hover tanks drive. Although, I do think they're fun to drive, right? Yeah, I was terrified of crashing into stuff, though, and destroying your tank. Like, I knew you could build another one, but, like, it was, you know, it's, it's not mine. It's well, yours. Well, well, the tank also has a projector on it with the blueprint set up, so if you could limp it back to the uh, to the base, uh, the repair uh, repair printing arm does have enough reach to be able to repair it. That's a feature I don't think you do about the tanks. I did not. Yeah, they're loaded with projectors and uh, proper blueprints to be able to... Well, they can't self-repair, but they can assist in it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been having fun with the game. It's been like, yo, uh, there's nothing going on. I'll fire this up for an hour or two and you know, listen to a podcast in the background and uh, mess with something. You know, I'll dig a hole, right? Love digging a hole. It's a good time. Hey, you were impressed with my hole digging. I was very impressed with your hole digging. <laughs> Drilling out that mountainside for your um, your hangar bay. Yeah, it's uh, going to be for uh, the mining ships. Uh, the uh, Ferret Mark 1 and Mark 2. Um, maybe the Badger as well. What I'm thinking about doing is, uh, uh, on the main base, I have... Uh, the uh, have pistons with uh, cargo uh, with uh, connectors on them so that they get adjust to different heights. What I might do is uh, do a second version of that where it, the, with the piston themselves, it's also on a piston. 
so they could go out and uh, adjust to a possible top connector or you know have a, a more freedom of movement i should say yeah but yeah it, it's it's one of those games that you can kind of get sucked into as well you know and i haven't really hit space yet and that's kind of right yeah uh, with, all right go ahead well space is its own kind of gameplay mm-hmm. it's very different or at least it used to be. I haven't done a lot of space stuff in the more recent updates. Like in my pre, in my my other single player game that I was doing the last time I talked about this, I had just gotten to space, mm-hmm. but I, I haven't touched that one since I started my new Mars base um, game. Yeah, uh, how many of the mods that uh, for my game have you stolen? Nine or ten, probably. I was already using the hover tank mm-hmm. mod. Um, I got the helper bots. The um, encounter generator, whatever that one's called. Yeah, um, modular encounters. Modular encounters. Thank you. Uh, uh, there, uh, well, you need a couple other packs for that because. Of the, yeah, but it tells one. you. Yeah, it tells you what's compatible with it and like what uh, you modular encounter systems. Use. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else did I get? Concrete blocks. Um, the drill that automatically hoovers up resources the hand drill one that becomes less of an issue once you start getting vehicles but like early game man early game Mm -hmm. when all you have is the hand drill Mm -hmm. unless you do some of the starts that um sort of some of the pre-baked in starts yeah you uh, start you with vehicles and bases and stuff which i don't know which one of the mods does it but it actually changed the uh drop pod so the drop pod that you started with is one that I didn't start with because I yeah, started. Was... I did it after the fact. Yeah, which I don't know which mod does that. Yeah, I don't have it. Whatever it is, because I just started with the normal drop pod. Yeah, it gave me a, like a little rover that you promptly which, crashed, which was really nice. Yeah, but I it I did it did flip over. Say lovey. I, I mean, it's more for uh, if I had that, I would have probably gotten out of the valley because. Where my base is, it's like this valley that's uh, uh, actually kind of shady, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it goes into a basin uh, that's pretty wide open. So uh, that's part of the reason why I'm ba- building the hangar separately, is that uh, a little bit further out and up of the hillside, it catches a lot more sun, so I can build a solar array there. Uh, to power the uh, hangar base. And it'll be a little bit more uh, uh, safe from uh, drawing too much power, because some of the ships draw a fair amount of power from the main base. Yeah. Like, the Vulture has seven batteries on it. Even though it has a... uh, uh, The Vulture is my scrapping ship. It has a couple of giant grinders on it. And it's essentially a flying uh, uh, large cargo container. <laughs> and it has seven batteries on it. So if it's uh, you know, burned a fair amount of its charge, it'll go back to base and just suck down the power. So having a, uh, a segregated uh, power system where I could draw from a, a secondary source that is dedicated for the vehicles and not impact production or, you know, or even defense because you have turrets, right? Right. Is nice, you know? So. Yeah. 
I mean, I've talked about space engineers off and on over the years. Mm-hmm. So might have just been more little additional comments, but I love space engineers. It's a yeah, good game. It's kind of, yeah. It's kind of interesting to see our different, uh, uh, design philosophies, huh? Although yeah. I do have a lot more time with the, that particular game, uh, or game or game safe. Yeah. And also like going into uh, creative mode. Tinkering with the design and then printing it off in survivor mode and having a dedicated, uh, uh, essentially location to be able to print, uh, ships and stuff off in. Although, yeah, I'm quickly running out of space where I have my printer, so I'm gonna have to rebuild that. I might uh, build a more automated one next time. Although, I I'm still think the uh, printer arm is uh, rather impressive. Yeah. Really I like might- that printer arm. Gonna copy it and use it but to make a drill arm instead of a printer arm. I mean, you don't need, like... It has uh, four points of articulation. You probably only need really two. Maybe three. Well, it's going to have a rotor on the base to allow mm-hmm. it to, to turn and maneuver that way. And then I want it to be able to be collapsible mm-hmm. so that it can fit nicely on the back of the truck. And then it's going to have at least two pistons on it. Yeah, see, the the print arm right now has four. Yeah. I mean, and, I, and that's one of the spray uh, packs I installed just for you, by the way. Uh, get over here. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Uh, uh, one of the more minor add-ons is it basically adds sprays or decals to the game. Uh, and I was going to use it to essentially put markings on the landing pad without having to you know, try to do a large grid to small grid concrete, which I don't think they even have, because the concrete is a little heavy for small grid. Uh, so, yeah, just put decals on it, and I got a Battletech decal uh, pack for, uh, you know, uh, Shrinky Dinky here. Yep. Very, very happy for that. <laughs> Sticking decals everywhere. I thought I had a, my little pony one on here somewhere, but I don't see it. Unless, uh, you know, it got pulled. But, eh, right. Uh, there's yeah. still Battletech, right? Absolutely. Oh, oh no, no, it's in the silly ones. There you go. Enjoy. <laughs> nice. Dora the Explorer, My Little Pony. Arby. Arby, yeah. Uh, prepare to face Our Elmo's Wrath. Yay. Very cool. I like that, too. Yeah, and my, uh, I think I have, like, five different of uh, the DLCs for it. Um, uh, mostly picked up just on sale and whatever uh, mods I was wanting to use at requiring a particular one. Uh, from what I can tell, they're like 99% cosmetic. There's a, a couple places where the whole, it's just cosmetic is kind of a blurred line. Like the Automations DLC. Uh, it's the uh, latest one. Uh, well, they're teasing a new one now, but uh, where... You can install like ATMs and store uh, uh, stores uh, in your uh, bases. Otherwise, you have to fly to a f- uh, friendly uh, trade base to access an ATM, which for my save game is about 14 kilometers. It was the closest one I found, unless there's one in the other direction that I haven't explored yet. Although, sto- uh, yeah, building a store, that's more for multiplayer than anything. But, hmm, right. Yeah. And you can also uh, make the RP on some of the cosmetic stuff where it's a building game. 
having it where a different cockpit has different configurations uh, is not just a cosmetic uh, uh, change because it changes the, how the gameplay works. Yeah, different configurations of screens that you can put stuff on. Mm-hmm. Or just the uh, cargo network as well for uh, small and large grid. Although, you know, I have like three different packs of uh, uh, modded uh, cockpits that I use. One of which you were convinced was upside down. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't convinced, but I thought it might have been upside down. But it's an industrial style where there's like a large glass um, or, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's meant to, Yeah, it's meant to give a lot of... Uh, 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 vision below you as opposed to above you. Yeah. Which for that particular ship, it makes a lot of sense to use. But I like the industrial stuff from that uh, that DLC. Mm-hmm. I like the looks of it. Adds a lot of catwalks to things. Yeah, that's one of the two I have that's particularly for uh, m- modding because there's a catwalk uh, d- uh, mod that I use that uh, is actually used extensively in the stairwell uh, that uh, is built or is based off that, so they require the DLC for that. And the other one, I think, is Wasteland for the uh, concrete texture. Yeah. Good stuff. All good stuff. Yeah, and I've also been watching a little bit of uh, 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 YouTubers kind of like in the background and getting design ideas. So, yeah, if you want to join me, uh, yell, all right? Yeah. We could go uh, dig a hole together. Or uh, go uh, tackle that uh, enemy installation. There's. Oh, what's the closest one? Uh, uh, the uh, missile turret one? Yeah, I think it's something like 10 or 12 kilometers from the base. Yeah. So I get to the point where I either need to redesign the tanks, uh, get them a little bit more efficient, or. Actually, I'm not sure if changing them over to hydrogen would give them more range or not. I always explore, uh, explore that possibility. Although, yeah, putting them into like a cruise mode, they have like an hour of uh, battery life. But going full tilt, you know, it's like 20 minutes. Thankfully, that is a nice, fairly flat area, with the exception of, you know, uh, the pot-marked land where, you know, countless meteor storms have hit. Yeah. Fuck that piece of land in particular. <laughs> meteor storm incoming. Not again. But the last one has an even meteor storm incoming. Anyway, uh, your games. Yeah, so I've got two I want to talk about. One I've talked about several times before, but uh, and then another one is new for me. So we'll, we'll go with the old one first. Uh, War Thunder. I, I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. have been playing a lot of War Thunder because my kid discovered it. And so have gotten, I have gotten back into it. And War Thunder, I have talked, you know, I, we have talked shit about it before. Issues with the community, kind of weird eccentricities with the game. Some of those things are still there. War Thunder, though, I, I have discovered is a game that comes at you in multitudes. Um, War Thunder, War Thunder is multiple different games at the same time using the same mechanics, which might sound a little weird, but like, you know, there's kind of the easy thing of like, well, it has planes, it has tanks, it has ships, you know, it slices, it dices, it julienne's fries. Like, you know, there are sort of separate game mechanics there and there's some intermingling, but having played the American aircraft tree from the, you know, 
late World War One, you know, World War Two era stuff from years ago up to late Vietnam era jets. So, you know, sort of early to middle Cold War. There are drastically different games in there and like there are noticeable changes. Um, DCS, uh, I think I said this to you Sunday when we were playing Space Engineers, but DCS, for anyone who doesn't know, um, I'm, although I, I may have not, I've talked about this with a couple of people trying to like kind of get my thoughts settled on it. For anyone who doesn't know though, DCS World is like the sort of biggest name in flight sim games, um, where the, the sort of base game stuff, the, the designers who made it went and looked at real world aircraft mapped everything out, spoke to people, flew planes themselves, like, to make them as realistic as possible. And that's everything from flight characteristics and models to weapon systems, radars, like, all of that jazz. And late game War Thunder is like a DCS light. Um, the early, early to middle game at least for aircraft. There's a lot of this stuff in here for tanks too that I've seen, but I haven't experienced it firsthand, so I don't quite know how it plays. And then with ships, like I've barely touched the naval portion of the game. But early game aircraft, all the way up through sort of Korean War era stuff, all plays the same. And it just gets faster as aircraft engines get better and um, aerodynamic designs and avionics and things get better. The gameplay just gets faster, you know, faster props and then sort of the super prop era, like at the end of World War Two and then like the early jets. But the name of the game for everything is gain as much altitude as possible. Use that as an advantage to maintain a high energy state so you can dive in on people, shoot at them and pull away before they can respond to you. And only a few aircraft break that mold. Things like the Japanese Zero, which historically was known as a very agile turn fighter. Um, or the um, German BF-109, which was a notoriously had a, had a notoriously powerful engine and could do what was called energy fighting really well. And historically, German pilots would try to trap American and British and French pilots in climbs because they could outclimb their opponent. And so they would stall and fall down. And then as long as the BF-109 didn't get shot, it would just cut its engines, roll over and and, you know, shoot them while they're hanging there in the air before they build up airspeed. But aside from those few things, which you can do, you know, as I guess realistically as possible, like repeatedly in the game, the gameplay was the same. Get high, use that altitude and speed to your advantage. And then when you get into jet, like the, the earlier, not the earliest, but sort of Korean War era jets, things start to change. You get like the F-86 Sabre or in the MiG-15, um, two iconic swept wing fighters of that era that had similar flight characteristics, but were different. And suddenly altitude doesn't matter as much once you get your speed up because their engines are powerful enough that you can quickly climb up or maneuver around. You don't lose too much airspeed. They get early radar so that you can start using things like radar assisted gun sights. Cause in real, in arcade mode, the game uses a much more relaxed flight model and gives you little things like a pipper that shows you where your shots are going to land and like a bomb site that tells you where your bombs are going to land um, and extra rocket guidance and things like that. And those go away when you play in realistic mode. And if you play in simulation mode, which I do not touch, like you're locked to the cockpit view. Um, 
and it takes away all of the sort of video game help in terms of like, you know, when someone gets within range, they get like their name that appears and their aircraft type and stuff. All that goes away. It's realistic yeah, if you mode. You die in the game, you die in real life. Absolutely. But realistic mode gives you their real aerodynamics model and their real um, use of like radar and weapon stats and stuff. And it just, it keeps some of those extra things, but you lose like your weapon pipper and the bomb site and things like that, that it just shows you. But in, in the Korean war era, some of those things start to show back up because those systems exist in real life. There are radar guided gun sites for aircraft that will tell you the at least general flight path of your bullets based on your aircraft speed and its angle of attack um, your altitude that it calculates based off of the systems in the aircraft. There are bomb release computers that tell you where your bomb is going to land at any given time when you release it. And earlier versions of that where you could sort of pick a point and the computer in the plane would tell you when to drop your bomb so it would land on that point. Those systems start to exist and become available to the player. It becomes tools that you can use. And learning to master those tools takes you from being you know a decent or a good player to you know like a pretty good player to like a really good player because then you're using those tools to your advantage and i like I don't, i'm not like an expert player i'm not amazing you know but like i see lots of players complain about issues with the game and it's like are you learning to engage with these systems you know are you looking into them are you trying to figure out how to use them the game does and mediocre job at best at doing that. YouTubers do it way better explaining these things to you. And then you jump to Vietnam, Vietnam era, which is where you start getting radar guided missiles, infrared missiles become common. And then suddenly I'm having to learn like what, what, like what's the difference in a Doppler radar? And what does it mean when you use like, in you know, like an MDL radar mode and what's your scanning and like all of these free, like, if you want to use those tools, you have to learn that stuff. And there's tools for it in-game to set up your aircraft with all of their different radar settings, and you can match them to missiles, and it gets even more complicated when you get to the closer-to-modern-era stuff, the early F-16 and F-14 and the early MiG-29, these sort of late Cold War-era jets that are now in the game. And it is... I'm extremely impressed by all of this. Like War Thunder, like any of these other games, like they want to make money off of you. You know, they, oh, boy, want, to, they? Right. they want to sell you those, you know, premium vehicles that give you little bonuses and they want you to become a, um, you know, pay. Essentially, it's 10 bucks a month if you want to be a uh, premium player or whatever, which does give you a lot of material benefits. The the biggest and best thing if you're a premium player is that you don't lose money. Like you might not make money, but you don't lose any because it refunds you if you would go negative at the end of the of the battle. Um, you know, they want you to do those things. And right now they're running an event where that you can get some free stuff, but you have to grind, you know, unless you're like an amazing player, several hours a day to get the required number of points to do it. Like but there is so like instead of a, I, I think what I'm trying to say ultimately is that there are lots of games that try to keep you on that grind treadmill and extract as much money out of you as possible. And they don't give you shit. And 
the developers of War Thunder, even though they want money, 100%, they have some systems in their game that are trying to keep people on that loop of giving them money constantly. They have built a really good game that has some very detailed, as far as I can tell, realistic systems in it. It's not DCS. It's not that complex or complicated, but it's probably the most, aside from DCS, it's the most complex, full-fledged flight simulator game that focuses on military aircraft available today. And to me, that's wild. Yeah, to the point that uh, you have multiple people uh, breaking security clearance to argue, no, this uh, aircraft could actually do this. Yes, it is fucking wild. And there's a whole side to even what I'm talking about now that I have not even tried to learn. Because everything that I'm talking about for doing air-to-air combat also exists for air-to-air, or sorry, air-to-ground combat. There are special, you know, laser designators, which are pretty simple and straightforward, but, you know, things for, like, fire-and-forget weapons, GPS guidance, um, TV-guided munitions... You can do manual control air-to-air and air-to-ground missiles, which I didn't even know those existed for air-to-air missiles. But there are, it's called manual control line of sight, where that you as the pilot in the plane steer your missile. And I knew those existed for ground combat, but they actually exist for air-to-air combat too. And they're real and their like development was wild. Like I've gone in so many history tangents because of this, like learning about real world systems. But I'm like, that seems fake. That seems bullshit. That seems made up. And it's like, no, Holy that shit. was real. Somebody right. somewhere tried to do that and make it a thing. But and then there's there's tanks. I'm still in the World War Two era for tanks. Um, so who knows? But I know that there are like night vision, you know, like things like night vision and flare flare. It's the, the heat, the mm-hmm. thermal vision. Essentially, there are anti-tank missiles. You've got wire guided missiles. Um, there's explosive reactive armor. There are active countermeasures, um, which are designed like on tanks and infantry fighting vehicles to shoot down incoming missiles. Those are in the game. Um, range finders, uh, laser guided tank. Let's see. What is it called? It's like a laser guidance system where that on the, the, the tank commander could put like a, a laser detonator on a, a target. And the tank turret will follow that laser automatically. And it'll calculate your range to target and adjust itself to hit where the laser's pointing. Wild. It's, <laughs> anyways, I'm just very impressed by how much effort they have put into this to make it as real as it is. Very cool stuff. Two thumbs up. I have paid for some premium time because I'm like invested. I'm in it. Uh, so I have been going down my own separate rabbit hole, aside from playing with my kid, which is a lot of fun. We play a lot of arcade stuff because he's not quite there yet. Um, and, uh, you know, just hang out. I, I'll do just about anything with my kid. I love that my kid likes to play video games with me. I'm sure that will change when he's a, a teenager. He won't want to do anything with me, and that's fine. But if yeah, I'm that's, soaking up. Yeah, that's how it is with my niece right now. Whenever she's over here, it's yo on the phone on TikTok. Yeah. So the other game that I've been playing was also a result of my kid wanting to play this game, which is Raft. Um, Raft, I don't actually know when Raft came out. Hang on, let me go look at this. I've uh, known about... Ago. 
I know it was out in early access for quite a while. Yeah, it released last year into, you know, full release. But yeah, I know it was in early access for some time. I've, I've known about it for a couple of years. I was never really interested. Um, this is a survival crafting game. It's kind of Waterworld-esque. The world is flooded. You're on a raft, and you've got to survive. And um, you start on just like a 4 by 4 square raft. You've got this little, like, hook tool on a rope that you throw out to collect junk in the ocean. And there is an infinitely respawning shark that over time attacks your raft and tries to destroy it. And you can, you know, fight the shark, kill him, harvest resources from him, but he respawns. Yeah, but the thing is, you could essentially build a perimeter around your ship, can't you? So You can do that, and um, that's currently what I'm doing, but I'll get to that in a second. Um, So, that's that's the basis of the game. There has been, uh, apparently, a lot of stuff added since I... You know, first heard of it. There is a story. Um, you're being sent out as like an explorer. You're trying to find out why the Earth flooded and if there are any remaining settlements out there. And you've got sort of an, a research journal that you're supposed to be filling in. Um, there's a progression system, as these crafting games often have. And uh, you are trying to be able to research and then ultimately craft like a, a radio transceiver and a GPS locator. So that you can find the uh, the objects, um, you know, whatever the objects are. Um, we haven't gotten that far yet. And um, you kind of go from there. It's got sort of the progression of you start out with just wood and plastic refuse and you can build up into a more and more sort of your thing always distinctly looks like a raft, but you can build it into something that's made more out of metal um, as opposed to junk. And there's a lot of decoration in the game you can do a lot of stuff with your raft you can build it you know simple or complex um there's a bunch of different tools for building vertically as well as as horizontally um the larger you build your raft the more sort of sails you need to push it around on the ocean otherwise you just kind of go where the current takes you um it's okay i I don't like i've tried playing it some by myself and I, i have a little bit to learn a few things that my kid while he can kind of brute force his way through, I'm like, okay, bud, we don't have, like, uh, my time especially is limited. Like, so if we're going to do this, like, let's make progress on it. But for me, this is just kind of a bog standard survival crafting game. The unique gimmick I find annoying. I wish the shark could just be permanently killed. And yes, you can create things that, you know, you can build a perimeter around your ship and ever so slowly sort of you know repair it as the shark destroys it and then you can ignore the shark or there's decoys for the shark that it will go after but those can be destroyed and eaten as well um i just find the shark annoying um the survival stuff is more of an annoyance as well um as far as i can tell there's no way to slow down how sort of quickly all of your your you know your hunger and thirst meter go down um so you're perpetually having to replenish it. Like it feels oddly fast to me. I don't know if there's something we're doing wrong. Like maybe we should be trying to shelter or or not. I honestly haven't cared enough to look though, <laughs> but I just, I'm just playing with my kid and he like is fixated on building the radio transceiver and the GPS tracker. And I'm like, okay, you do that. And I will be like, you know, the, the like the, the raft mom and i just go around and i check 
all of the fishing lines and I build the water purifier and like fill us up bottles of water and cook food. And anytime we find an island, I'll go and chop down all the trees and just slowly build up the raft while he finds and collects all the necessary materials to build the radio transceiver and stuff, which are things like, you know, you, you go and you find ores and you refine them and, um, you know, you find specific scrap parts that have uh, electronic components in them, or you make, you know, yeah, I think the radio transceiver is the storyline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the storyline. Um, and you use it apparently to find, um, you know, essentially like the hints of like what's ev- whatever civilization is left and trying to track them down. I, it's, it's not a bad game for someone who likes the gimmick or who would really like sort of the pretty in-depth, like decorative and, and, um, sort of creative aspects of the crafting system. Like you really can do a lot with it. You can, um, as you find there's stuff that you can research in terms of the decorative aspect, but a lot of that is found through exploration. You find blueprints for stuff and you can make very detailed homes or sort of tiki style, like bars or sitting areas. Um, you can build entire houses on top of your raft. Um, you can build, you know, I've seen some things of people building like skyscrapers or like community type center places and, you know, there's collectibles with little activities that you can do. Like, they're not so much mini games, it's just like idle animations, but, you know, there's like one of those lucky cat things and there's like little toys and games that you can find. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's neat. And if you like, like I said, if you like that, um, you know, that loop, there's a lot there for it. I'm just not a huge fan of the loop and I wouldn't be playing it if it wasn't for my kid. It's not a bad game. It's just not my kind of survival crafting game. Space Engineers is my kind of, air quotes, survival crafting game. Yeah, even... Well, Space Engineers, it doesn't have as hard of focus on the survival aspect. Right. And I have played games that do the survival aspect way better. Um, Seven Days to Die does the survival aspect pretty well. Um, Valheim is its survival aspect is amazing because it's its survival aspect is rewarding as opposed to punitive. So the more you engage with the survival mechanics, the stronger you can become, but it, it won't kill you if you don't engage with them. You know, it will kill you in raft. Not only that, it will weaken you if you don't keep your hunger and thirst meters above a certain point. Yeah. I think that's what kind of turned me off to a lot of them is that they're so punishing Oh no! You haven't uh, uh, taken a bite of moldy cheese in the last ten minutes, right? Yeah, and I think it's—I think part of it is just the accelerated pace of games. Yeah, you know, where you typically won't have a game that is one to one, yeah, time, uh, real time to game time. So everything has to be accelerated and also smaller to make use of people's time oh, as I bump the mic uh, trying to grab a drink uh, but because of that it also accelerates the uh, you either accelerate the survival aspects where you know if a, if a day is you know an hour you're having to eat three times an hour to keep it realistic or you're down to like one meal a day and then it kind of breaks the uh, uh kind of that idea of 
Yeah, you're trying to survive by eating a single slice of cheese a day, right? It sounds more mm-hmm. like a TikTok challenge. Yeah. And and what I, I mean, what would fix it almost immediately is they've got a really wide variety of food. Um, fruits, vegetables that you can find on the island. You can grow yourself. Um, animals that you can hunt. Fish, you know, you can fish, get meat from the sharks. So they could just, and you, there are, are recipes where you can cook food. Um, so different, you know, meals or different types of food could maybe give you either multipliers to the bar may, instead of making the hunger and, and thirst meters, you know, static bars, the food that you ate could make it longer. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe give you a, like a bonus or something. Or, or, or if, oh, sorry, I just had a thought, whatever you mentioned that. You brought up uh, making the bars longer. What if uh, eating a more caloric, dense bar, uh, food could essentially make you fat and give you a more of a padding for the bar? Worm on- online does that. Actually, that's a really good mechanic that I liked about Worm. You could eat like high caloric diets, and you could build up uh, stores, and then you wouldn't have to eat as much for a while. But yeah, they could do that, or they could do some type of multiplier. Um, you know, make the bar drain less slowly. You know, if you eat like a, one of the cooked meals, maybe the, it drains at only, you know, 75% speed because it's like a well-rounded meal. And protein is, you know, more fueling on its own. So maybe, mm-hmm. it, you know, if you eat protein, it, it drains it, you know, 85 or 90% of its value. Something like that. Or, you know, something fiber dense as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And there are lots of foods like fruit, especially will give you both hunger and thirst refills, which is nice. But that does become kind of pointless as soon as you get the 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 not basic water purifier. Mm-hmm. Um, like the basic water purifier, you can only purify one cup of water at a time, which I understand as a gameplay limitation, but it's really stupid. Um, once you get the solar purifier, then you just fill it up with a bucket of water. And after, you know, some in-game time, it gives you enough water to get through like a whole day, like two people a whole day. Yeah. I did look at some of the mods that adds more of a survival aspect to space engineers, but it seemed like you know, a wholly unnecessary layer, I guess mm-hmm. on top of, you know, you know, having like aerodynamic mods where, you know, like your ship design matters a little bit more, right? Yeah. Where the I'm survival... find, yeah. Where I'm trying to find a, a more aerodynamic turret to put on top of my tank. <laughs> but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> The uh, survival aspects of space engineers are primarily around, you know, not dying and then oxygen, which in space or on one of the alien worlds that don't have breathable atmospheres can be a little bit of a problem if you don't manage it. But it is a problem that you can solve and will only require minor sort of maintenance from you. So, yeah, those are the those are the two games I played. I guess the other kind of way to do survival that I would enjoy it's something that you could put a lot of effort to into at the beginning and have its reward later on. Uh, sort of like a farm. Yeah. Thinking about it because, uh, the, you know, having, uh, you know, establishing like your base and then building up like a farm or something that's uh, not full on self sustaining, but something that, you know, after the initial investment is less, uh, yeah, needs less to keep going. So you can focus more on the ex- exploration aspect of it, which I haven't really seen a lot of survival games do that. I mean, I know 
Project Zomboid has a farming mod for it, and they're talking about adding it to the game. So there is that. If I well, Project correctly. Zomboid has has farming in the game by default. Uh, okay, I can't remember if they add. I know I saw a farming mod for it. I can't remember if it added to it or expanded to it, or if and if farming was in the game or they were talking about it. So yeah, uh, that's like one of the outliers. Where you can you know, like build up your base and have it be semi uh, self sustaining after a while. Yeah, I mean farming in Project Zomboid is the only way to survive long term. Mm-hmm. You will eventually, unless you turn on the like by default, resources don't regenerate. So you will mm-hmm. eventually use up the entire map of stuff, food stuff. So which feels also a little unrealistic, right? Yeah, using up everything as one person. I mean, you would have to survive years in game yeah. for that to happen. Yeah, whenever they're counting off days like a month, right? Yeah. Project Zomboid. Can't wait till we do that one together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of wanting for it to be, you know, a couple other, uh, a couple more major patches before really tackling that one for Game Club. So, yeah. Now now I'm just now I'm going to see uh, if there's been an update to it lately. So I haven't really looked at it. There have been um they're working their way through the big updates that are adding mm-hmm. animal stuff. Yeah, which would add the uh, possibility of hunting, right? Yeah. There have been mods that have done hunting before, and there's kind of hunting. I mean, just trapping. Mm-hmm. Which is a type of hunting, but that's the only hunting that exists in-game. Or did exist. Yeah, I kind of just want uh, Project Zomboid to be more complete so we don't have to come back to it later. You know? Yeah. So... Let's um let's let's move on. Let's let's try to get through our news topics. It's we started <laughs> we st- uh, we st- we fired up our recording at 10 like we often do or a little after 10. And then we talked for a while, which we often do. So we didn't actually start the the recording proper until 10:30 and it's already 11:30. So let's let's move into our news topics and and see like I'm okay I'm starting to lose a little steam, but I'm not like sitting here like falling asleep. I mean, so. if we need to save community stuff for later on, or you know, pick out uh, the big one and then hit the others later, we can. Okay, we'll uh, see. So, uh, do a game streaming uh, service on the horizon possibility? Uh, Netflix launching a game controller app with game streaming on TV and possibly PC gaming later on. So, yeah, Netflix is a uh, Netflix is a bit of an odd choice, mostly because Netflix has games, but it seems like nobody realizes they have games. You know? Yeah. And a majority of Netflix's game. Oh, okay. I shouldn't. That's uh, being a little unfair. Netflix has a weird assortment of games. Have you? Uh, when was the last time you looked through them? Oh God, forever, forever. I couldn't tell you. It, more okay. than a year. But before we uh, started. I looked through them, and there's a strange assortment between games that you know I could see wanting to play long term on a on a big screen, and then others that are uh, why would I even have that on my phone, right? And I am assuming that this is going to be the same library as their uh, uh, game download service that they have right now. So to give you an example of this. Uh, they have like uh, the their Stranger Things game, which is 
supposedly a lot more like a ta- uh, one of the older Telltale games. Uh, twelve minutes, and they have solitaire. All right, uh, they yeah. have uh, they have Spirit Fair, Leia's Horizon, but then they have Puzzle Gods, which is a at uh, match three. Uh, then you go back to like Shovel Knight and uh, Tomb Raider Reloaded, Moonlighter, but then you have stuff like Dungeon Dwarves, which is a uh, uh, like an idle game or semi-idle game. It, it, it's a, a very haphazard library, which does have some gems in it and does have some things that are worth the subscription possibly on its own. However, at the same time, is it also a library that they would want uh, that somebody would want on their TV? Because I'm just thinking of the Ooyah <laughs> uh, whenever I'm thinking of mobile games on a television. You know? Do we know what the stats are on how many people actually play their games? Have they ever released those? I don't know, actually. That would be my first question. Is like, what are the stats on people actually playing their games in the first place? You know, something like some games as like a little value add. Like, that's fine. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, kind of trying to push and expand it. Like, what is even their audience? Look uh, like? According to this, Netflix games has a total of 44 million downloads. The average of 2.3 billion a month. Uh, uh, approximately one in every 100 Netflix subscribers. Yeah. I mean, I have looked at them before. I have found every game on the list. I have a couple downloaded to uh, try out, but I've never stuck with them because typically I don't play long term games on my phone. So it might be a way for them to get more traction. Because uh, the thing is, okay, so this right now, what they're launching right now, is a essentially a game controller app to play games on the TV. It's uh, going to be an iOS exclusive, at least for the time being. Uh, suggesting its plans to go into a cloud gaming service will be taking shape soon, uh, according to The Verge. So uh, it's uh, going to be allowed, it's going to allow people to Play games on their TV with their phone as the controller. Which does cut out a bit of the hardware issue that past uh, iterations of this idea have had. Which is intriguing. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, we've mocked the Ouya quite a few times over the years. Uh, mostly because it was a, essentially a $100 uh, thing uh, to play, what, Candy Crush? <laughs> Yeah. I, I mean, it was like the infancy of uh, mobile gaming. Uh, I sometimes wonder if Ouya would have been more successful if they waited like a year or two and also ha- possibly had a better name. Uh, because mobile gaming at the time, it was like in its infancy, you know? And it was very focused on like the very quick up and, uh, pick up and play. Which there's still that focus. However, there's more titles out there that are more long-term investments. There's more titles out there that you get to sit and you know, pay five bucks and play for uh, you know, ages. I mean, hell, I'd be able to for somebody to go and play like Stardew Valley. Uh, uh, you know, 
not have to have a PC, not having to have a, a, a console, just the phone that they already have and a Netflix subscription. I'm not 100 percent sure if Stardew Valley's on here, but it yeah. But the point still stands, you know. Um, it's like into the list. I don't see Stardew Valley. Uh, something like 12 minutes, which I know you absolutely hated the game, but right. Um, puzzle uh, or Shovel Knight. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Shredder's Revenge. Uh, Moonlighter. So having things like that that. You go in and uh, just do your thing uh, and not have to worry about buying hardware for it. I definitely see the appeal, especially where smart TVs are so ubiquitous now. Uh, you know, it's pretty easy to push the app on whatever device or whatever TV you have these days. It's not like back in the day where you had to have a dedicated uh, piece of hardware, you know? Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. But, and there's just enough brains and TVs now that this is doable. That said, it really depends on how we're doing this as well. Because there's two options here. Uh, TVs are possibly smart enough to do this on their own. They could do you, their streaming service, uh, which for mobile games, I think would be okay. Because there's generally... Uh, but we'll get okay. Uh, for this to work uh, over the internet, uh, the video signal has to be compressed. And mobile gaming, uh, the graphics are typically simple enough that you can compress the ever living fuck out of it, and it won't be- look that bad. Okay. Right. For modern AAA games, you can't get away with that much compression. I remember trying out Luna on uh, one of uh, Amazon's three months that uh, 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 Amazon Prime has uh, whenever they cycle their games for Luna titles that you could try out. And I tried out um, Hot Wheels Racer and it was just a pixelated mess because it was so so fast. Uh, I'm not sure of the math behind it, but there's something about compression algorithms that absolutely hate the color red uh, if uh, you're not very uh, careful with them. So there's a little fun fact for you. Whenever you watch something streaming that has a lot of red in it, take a very close look at uh, the colors, and you'll notice a lot more blocking around red compared to, like, blue and green and that sort of thing. There's just something about the algorithms uh, on some compression uh, uh, stuff that hates red. uh, The track is naturally orange, which is red-ish, so it made it more pixelated. Uh, There was a lot of fire effects on certain levels, which... Also red, more pixelated, plus a lot of motion, which makes it so that compression algorithms are a lot harder pressed to you know, do something with. So it looks like an utter mess. But if you're doing something like 12 minutes where there's not a lot of motion on the screen, and it's a very simple design, you know? Yeah. You can compress the hell out of it and make a better use of the uh, uh, bandwidth. Leg- uh, latency is still going to be an issue, of course, but right. I'm not sure if I would want to play Shovel Knight on it, but playing like Exploding Kittens, right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out. I I don't remember my Netflix signing info. I'm looking at like I'm looking at the app on my phone. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna check it out. I just want to try and see what it's like for better or for worse. I, I mean, that's the thing is that I've tried some games on here, and there's actually some decent ones. 
there's uh, a lot of trash as well, but that's kind of the the problem. Uh, well, really, uh, anywhere these days. Right. Uh, I mean, hell, they have Valiant Hearts on here. That was a really good game, and I think would actually uh, be a really good one for, like, a uh, yeah, phone to TV. It was just, that's also, like, the other way to do it. Where your phone is casting to the TV locally. Which I think is uh, the smarter way to do it. Uh, if the, if you have a phone that's uh, powerful enough, which most phones I feel are, or at least most modern or most modern ones in the last like two three years, should be enough to be able to push a uh, signal from the uh, uh, from the phone to the TV. Yeah, and that'd be a way to do game streaming without having to involve the internet really at all. Yep. My, I mean, my lots of people around here in my house do phone casting i do it occasionally but like i'm the thing is it's like we're not the target demographic for this i know i know because we have dedicated you know machines for multiple stuff multiple dedicated machines for gaming and for other media consumption like you know i i almost never unless i'm watching a show with katie or a movie or something you know with my kid like i almost never um am doing anything on my TV in my living room. I'm in my office on my computer or in my bedroom, like kicked back with my laptop. I don't play a lot of games on my phone, you know, like, and nothing against mm-hmm. games on phones. Like I have tried many times to find good phone games and I've found a few over the years, you know, mini Metro being the most recent yeah, like, I think, big hit, but I think part of the problem with bubble gaming for me is the, uh, you have really two camps. You have the free-to-play market, which, oh, God. Right? Uh, prepare to be interrupted every 30 seconds with an ad, right? Yeah. For some of the more egregious ones. Some of the more pounder uh, ones is every other couple levels. But it's still, you know, a lot of ad space compared to what you're actually playing. Or then you have the paid model, which... Uh, the free games are like so devalued. Uh, the uh, uh, gaming in uh, general and bubble in my head, uh, it's tougher for me to argue a ten dollar game on the phone that is for the PC. Yeah, I'm in the same camp. I do my uh, what is it? The Google survey things that it gets you. Yeah, I do that, and that's usually what I use to buy games on mobile, at least to try. Oh, see, I I, I, I buy cookbooks. <laughs> of course, you, I do, right? You do that, yes. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's uh, Google Rewards. I have, ooh, actually, ooh, I have it updated on it as well, but I have like nine bucks. So, whatever, you know, I have like a wish list of uh, various interesting cookbooks that are, that if they go on deep discount, uh, I get grabbed up. Because, of course, I do. Yeah. I have a new cookbook. It's a physical oh. cookbook um, from Dylan Hollis, baking from yesteryear. Mm-hmm. I've seen um, you a couple of his, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with that one. Sure. Or, uh, I'm just going to see the book cover. I've, I've seen this pop up a couple of times on my sales, but I never pulled the trigger on it. Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, uh, welcome to the uh, cooking portion of the podcast. I haven't tried any of the recipes yet. It was given to me as a gift. 
Um, it's a very mm-hmm. well designed, put together book. A lot mm-hmm. of his flair comes out in kind of a less cringy way because it's written and he either had a good editor or showed some restraint in his writing. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of interesting recipes in it, but I haven't tried them. It's it's mostly desserts. There's some other stuff in there, yeah. but it but it's it's mostly desserts. So. At, at the very back of the book has got some of his like worst recipes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, I, I, don't, I think I would get in trouble with my fans if I didn't put some of the worst, most awful recipes I've tried on my TikTok or YouTube channels. Like, mm-hmm. make these at your own risk. They're terrible. <laughs> That's a very small section, though. Like, it could have been really cringy, but it's a legit, you know, well put together cookbook. Yeah, I think that's kind of a sign that I'm getting old is I'm finding more and more creators a little cringy, you know? Yeah. And I and it's not a them problem, it's a me problem, you know? Yeah. Like, there's a couple that I just, I can't watch anymore because uh, they're a little too over the top. And it's a shame because they're, you know, uh, brilliant cooks, they're brilliant con- uh, content creators. But they're just unwatchable to me. Maybe I'm old. Yep. No, I, I feel that. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, how do you feel about moving on? I am getting tired. All right, well, let's jump ahead a little bit. We'll save the other two for uh, next week. Okay. So, speaking of cringy, Twitch streamer giveaway causes riot in Union Square. Okay. Uh, uh, let me pull. Let me pull this one up. Th- 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 uh, this one, I'm unsure how I feel about. Uh, this is a few weeks old now, and the Twitch streamer is due in court in the next couple of days for arraignment. So, right. Uh, basically, what happened is, Ka Senate, and I've heard, I've heard their name said. Like three or four different ways in different newscasts. So I have no idea how it's properly pronounced. Okay. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, he has a following on YouTube, on uh, Instagram, on uh, Twitch, uh, which ballpark uh, about 5 billion subscribers on each platform, average. Uh, Announced that he was going to give a do a huge giveaway in Union Square in New York City, and shit went wild. Basically, they uh, people showed up and started rioting before the uh, giveaway even began. And I've never heard any info on if they were actually going to do a giveaway or if it was like a prank. And I think that's going to be a big like thing on just how lenient the law enforcement may be with them because yeah. they didn't clear it with the law enforcement. They didn't, you know, per, uh, yeah, and, yeah. They didn't acquire the proper yeah. permits and everything no permit. to gather. Yeah. Which, so which, 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 which I know that uh, we have the whole, you know, but my constitutional rights, but it also, you know, you're causing a scene with several thousand people showing uh, possibly showing up. I think that, and, I don't want to uh, attribute malice to this just yet. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking that he got really big really quickly because that seems to be what happened. He's young too, right? Yeah. 
and wanted to do a giveaway and got way in over his head. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, I never heard of this guy before this incident. So I, I agree with you. I hope that this was just like a guy who got really popular, who genuinely wanted to do something cool for his, his followers. And just because he's young and inexperienced, uh, things got out of hand. Mm-hmm. And like, that doesn't, you know, particularly excuse anything that happened. Like he acted res- irresponsibly, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But intent matters, especially in a court of law. Mm-hmm. And if his intent was to just be cool and things got out of hand, cause you know, that's the difference in like a fine slap on the wrist versus like jail time for yeah. inciting a riot. Yeah, he announced on Twitch that he would be giving away game consoles, headphones, uh, microphones, a bunch of stuff out of a truck in Union Square on Friday, August 4th. And then uh, basically like an hour or two hours before uh, that event was due to happen, people started rioting there. Yeah. And he broadcasted, uh, well, he uh, talked about it uh, recently. Uh, he's been kind of quiet this entire time. I, understandably so. Uh, lawyers are telling him to do that. So, yeah, unlike uh, certain other public fig- figures that can't keep their fat fucking mouths shut, he's listening to his legal counsel. <laughs> Gee, uh, 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 Orange, see what you did there. <laughs> uh, but uh, according to this, he says that uh, he had good intentions for the old thing, uh, and. He doesn't condone what happened that day. And basically, people uh, showed up and started to become destructive. And in the, as a matter of fact, they're still hunting for uh, people that uh, jumped up and down on a BMW that day. 16 people on a single car bouncing on it, right? Yeah. And you look at the uh, photos uh, for that one. It's the third link. It's like a bunch of young kids. And that's kind of uh, yeah, how it is in general for this, is that... It, 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 at least from the outset, from this point right now, it looks like he tried to do something good and basically, yeah, it went out of control quickly because of a couple uh, bad people. Is that going to be how it uh, ends up and when we get the full story? Because right now, we have an old uh, news article uh, from the event and what he said. We don't have uh, more information than that. And it's going to, uh, yeah, the the truth of the matter, if there's something more to it later, will come out. But right now, it it just seems like he went in over his head. He didn't think it, it was going to get this crazy. I could definitely see that. Yeah. I'm reading through his, uh, like, Wikipedia page and some other stuff mm-hmm. just to get a better idea of, like, there's some, some more context of who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. Um... Found so anything just, interesting? Um, his he's twenty one. Oh God! <laughs> he started uh, content creation in two thousand eighteen. Mm-hmm. So he would have been that's what eighteen five years ago. Mm-hmm. So he would have been. Uh, do, do you need to take it off 16, your shoes for this? Sixteen. He would have been sixteen when he started content. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sleepy. My brain is struggling to do math. But he would have been Maybe sixteen just, um, when he. But he started content creation. Looks mm-hmm. like his early content was things like pranks and challenge videos, but he shifted away from that into just kind of a combination of like standard kind of game streaming, but also 
some online stuff like slice of life type things. Mm-hmm. And he does apparently sleep streams. I've seen people like, or yeah, congratulations. Know. You monetized sleep. I've seen people who do that. I don't understand. I don't get watching someone sleep, but lots of people like that for some reason. Uh, creepy people. Yeah. I mean, I, I have seen some coverage about challenge sleep streams where it's basically set up so that if somebody donates a certain amount, it will like set off an alarm or something to kind of mess with the person. But yeah, yeah. that's still, it still feels weird to monetize sleep, right? Yeah. Well, we're old. Yeah. I mean, this is not like, this is the type of YouTuber that I don't care about. Mm-hmm. I mean, he does lots of reaction style content challenges. Um, some slice slice of life stuff, kind of that weird like. I mean, I, this is just a quick glance, but like, there's some stuff on here that feels very much like the kind of Mr. Beast type videos before yeah. Mr. Beast became like as rich and prolific as he is now. But he used yeah, to. Do all this I weird... still, I still, I still don't get Mr. Beast. I don't either. Uh, how he does it, you know. I'm in the camp where that I think overall Mr. Beast is not a good person. <laughs> That's. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, make it up for something, right? Yeah, I mean it's. Or or, or we've been uh, a little jaded by the you know, uh, whole uh, Musk thing going on. Oh, I'm I'm very jaded about wealth in general, but wealthy <laughs> people. But like it, it's he's in the same kind of trap of like this idea of like, well, he's going to be like a rich, you know, uh, altruistic person. And like he does, altruistic uh, doesn't get that rich. One, yes, but two, it's like okay, if you truly wanted to be an altruistic person, then you would use your tens or hundreds of millions of dollars to enact real change by by funding people to go into politics. That yeah, not yeah, not suing uh, kitchens that are trying to sell knockoffs of your uh, uh, bullshit uh, hamburgers. Exactly, and like. You know, the, this idea of like, well, because c- people will always say stuff like, well, he did X, Y, or Z thing, like the thing where he paid for a bunch of people to get surgeries that could restore their vision um, because they had become blind, but through like, you know, they didn't have access to health care. And so they couldn't get their like cataracts removed or get minor things taken care of that resulted in them having diminished or technically removed sight, but it could be fixed, you know. He he paid for that. He he does donate money to like charities and stuff. But it's like, listen, if you really wanted to be an altruist, you would put all of this financial gain to real work. You know, putting pressure on the levers of power. But he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He behaves like every other you know rich kind of philanthropist type person in sort of that stage one philanthropy. I mean, the next thing, unless he has one already, like, again, I don't follow Mr. Well, a Beast. A giant cave and uh, uh, a flying rodent uh, for simple? Yes. But also, you know, he'll start his own foundation for something, like the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the rich people that want you to think that they're good people, but no one can become that wealthy without taking advantage of others. Like, and that's to put it kind of mildly. But yeah, I, I, Mr. Beast is not a good person. Maybe he wants to be a good person. Maybe he truly has good intentions, but he's not actually behaving in a way that denotes that he is a good, 
moral, ethical person because he's not he, he he's wasting his extravagant wealth large like by and large. Yeah, and but he has a bunch of kids uh, for free cleaning up his uh, displays of uh, beast bars at Walmart. So there is that. Right. But, it, you know, anyways, I'll get off my soapbox about Mr. Beast. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, if you want a soapbox, I, I need to go wake up Adita. And after she's done killing me, she could tell you what she thinks. Does she hate Mr. Beast also? Uh, well, she also, remember, deals with middle school and high schoolers. So she's heard plenty about Mr. Beast. Yeah. Also, I think a lot of Mr. Beast's altruism is performative. Mm-hmm. Like, it, not that it doesn't have some real results, but, like, the reason he does it is because of the publicity he gets for doing it. Mm-hmm. And, like, yes, that still has some results out there in the world, but that means that it's it's fickle. It's fleeting. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. not something that will be continued. Well, that's why uh, he needs his tax haven. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, foundation. Right. For when he does create a foundation, if he doesn't have one already. Mm-hmm. Yay. Oh, uh, I've heard a bunch of cranky old men, huh? Yeah. I like it that way, though. Keeps me, uh, I think, on the up and up about what's really happening mm-hmm. in the world. What, that's on fucking fire? And, oh, yeah. In uh, Canada's case for a while, literally. Yep. I like a good campfire, but not like that Canada. You you went a little yeah. too far. And yeah, although, uh, although although the maple wood uh, does smell nice burning, uh, but you're a little much. Right. Give it all, give it a rest. Give us a little break. I do feel bad about just the world we're giving to future generations. However, it's still not our generation even in power. Hell, it's not even the generation before us in power. It's still the fucking boomers and silent generation. For the most part, you've got a smattering here or there, but yeah. Can't wait for those fuckers to die. I'm expecting over the next few years a lot of them to drop dead. And, you know, maybe it'll be too little too late. At least I can take satisfaction and yeah. fucking watching Yertle the turtle kick the bucket. <laughs> hey, don't disparage turtles like that. Right. Among others, there are many other politicians, but uh, that I would like to see dead. Hello, uh, my FBI <laughs> agent and NSA agent. FBI, open up. This is not satire. I wish they would fucking die. I'm just not going to take it into my own hands yeah. to do so. Okay, okay. Uh, Listen time right for, now. Time, time, for short, time for a short tangent, all right? But, okay. Uh, okay. Did you hear about the uh, fucker in uh, Utah, I believe it was? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Recent news? Uh, within the last week or two. Basically, uh, I may be wrong on Utah, okay? But basically, Biden was planning a trip out west. And... Guy got on uh, Truth Social and started talking about how he was going to assassinate the president. I did hear about this. I don't okay. remember if it was Utah or not, but I did hear about this. Yeah. And then the GOP gets angry at Truth Social for tipping off the, uh, yeah, the Secret Service, who then goes there to talk to him, and he pulls a gun on him. And, well... Well, it's uh, one less red voter now. Yeah. It's just, there's this hypocrisy that, that kind of gets me with uh, with some of these guys that, yeah, respect the office, uh, even if you don't agree with them. And then uh, 
as next soon as thing, they don't next, agree yeah, with it. Yeah. Next thing you know, uh, uh, next after the election, they have a fuck Joe Biden flag flying uh, on the back of their truck, right? Yeah. Which I mean, you know, based fuck Joe Biden, but also, you know, yeah, but not, uh, but not for not, the reasons not for, that you yeah, think. Not, yeah, that, that's kind of the thing, also. On a political spectrum, on the world stage, I mean... America's that, at best center-right. Uh, I mean, we're talking like Bernie to get past centra- uh, centralism. Yeah. Uh, who's uh, looked at as like a leftist extremist, right? Uh, well, one of the few that's actually in power, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, hello, Jared's uh, FBI agent. Agent. Yes, hello, FBI, NSA, Secret Service, whoever else is listening. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm too... Lazy? I'm too lazy. I'm not pissed off enough yet. I'm pissed off, but I'm not that pissed off at at Joe Biden. And also not dumb. That's kind of the other thing. If you're going to do something, let's be honest, if you were going to do something, you're not going to announce it somewhere. No, no. The first time I hear about it, it's uh, assuming that... Uh, I do hear about it beforehand. It's going to be like a text five minutes beforehand. Yeah, not going to be uh, 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 doing the podcast tonight. Going to kill the president. Bye. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What? Going to do an going to do an assassination. I'm definitely not making it out of here. I love you. That's that's, that's kind that of the next uh, other thing is that uh, who posts on social media that much and doesn't expect the CIA to show up in the Secret Service? Yeah. Just because Trump gets special treatment uh, uh, somehow from law enforcement. Yeah, just because he gets special treatment, whether he doesn't fucking wind up under the jail, <laughs> metaphorically, or maybe literally, I don't know, um, for his actions and inactions. Yeah, repeated both action. Repeated action and repeated inaction. Sometimes on the same thing, which is weird, but, you know. He defies explanation, except as a piece of shit. Anyways, uh, goodbye from the political portion of the podcast. (laughs) Did you have other things that you wanted to say about this Kai person? Uh, Not really. I mean, even even after a couple weeks, it still feels too early to really be able to go in-depth on it, because uh, the wheels of justice go, uh, go slowly, in some cases extremely slow. Yeah, and we don't know enough information about what they're uh, leveraging against them, and it does feel like, at least at from the information I have right now, it's a good intention gone horribly, horribly wrong. Although his past also is a little bit questionable. However, you're starting to get into a territory with streamers these days where you're going to be hard pressed to find something that's not questionable about the popular streamers in general, you know? Yeah, I do know. Most popular streamers are younger. Not all of them, but most of them. Mm-hmm. And young people, they uh, they do dumb things. Yeah, not that's th- one thing I'm kind of thankful for, is that my dumb things were not recorded on the internet. Yeah, amen. Praise, that's one uh, thing praise the tech gods. Praise atheism. Uh, that's one thing I've tried to impress on my niece, is that yeah, don't be stupid online because that will follow you. Yep. So yeah, it will indeed. All right. Well, hey, Rage, why don't you uh, hit him with them socials? 
Well, I've been caffeine rage. Uh, maybe someday you'll catch me on the Blue Bird over at Game of CR, or you could be my friend on Steam and play some Space Engineers Caffeine Rage over there. And you've been? I've been me. I've been Jared. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It will always be Twitter. Uh, fuck Elon Musk for calling it X. You'll find me on Twitter at JMA4707. I don't care about corporate identities. I care about people identities, but not corporate ones. But don't you realize that people and corporations, they're the same thing. Right. I- I'm just waiting for some Supreme Court case that gives uh, corporations outright uh, power to vote for on the behalf of their employees at this point. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> anyways, you that's me- just dumping as fuck, huh? Yes. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me, um, uh, obviously, on our Discord server if you come join that. Uh, you can send me a smoke signal. Uh, be my friend on Steam, jarthur4707. Um, yeah, you know. Um, we're, we're taking a break from streaming stuff. Like, well, I say we. The, the person who does the streaming of when we do play tabletop games and they do stream it. Taking a break from that. He got a new job. Some other stuff going on, so that's probably not happening for a while. But if you want to see the archive of our Vampire the Masquerade campaign, twitch.tv slash runicarts. Uh, I don't remember his YouTube channel. There's a link to it there. If you want to watch it. Uh, of you being an uttered bastard? And also the character an... uh, the character you play being an utter bastard. The char- I, I was running the game, so I was playing all of the characters, and many of them were utter bastards. Not all of them, but most of them. So, one of my jams. But yeah, that's that's it for me. And which brings us back to us. So if you wish to contact us, you can do so BGLpodcast at gmail.com. Your letters, voicemails, game-related topics, your smoke signals. You could tweet us at Podcast on the Twitter. Uh, our lovely, lovely patrons. Can, uh, uh, you can find more about that over at patreon.com slash Podcast, which our lovely patrons have also covered for our Podbean account, which vglpodcast.podbean.com, which has the show notes, link to the Discord, uh, which you could also drop stuff there. Or if you just to spread the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our intro and outro music is on the ground by Kim McLeod. You can find his stuff over at incompetech.com. Unless that has also burned to the ground, because, right? Right. Um, yeah. And... As always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See ya. Bye-bye.